welcome to episode 31 of The Power of Vex. I am your host, Scott Jenkins, and with me is Tori Wasner. Hello, Tori. Hello. How are you? To, how are you this fine evening? I'm not too bad. I hope you are well as well. Uh, yeah, I can say I'm, I'm say pretty well. So on the show today, uh, we'll go through some Xbox stuff, talk about um, playing the demo of the Scarlet Nexus, and then also, Tori, you've had a chance to play the Halo Infinite multiplayer beta, so I would love to get your thoughts on that. Absolutely. And with that, let's start off with um, a quick rundown of the news. Uh, not too much news within the Xbox um, within the Xbox ecosystem at the moment. Pretty much just the biggest one for them really is that uh, they've made quite a bit of money. Um, just going to report here, as per the company's fiscal third quarter earnings report, Microsoft Xbox division posted three point six billion dollars in revenue, up fifty percent year over year. That's a increase. There's also increase of 232 in overall gaming hardware revenue, which is attributed to the new consoles. Even though they have been um, have been quite hard to get, as we as we all know with that. So yeah, Xbox, Microsoft making money. What a surprise! Yeah, I was going to say that's. Uh, is that news? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know, right? Well, I just thought quick and mention it. Um, and probably the other bit of interesting news in the Xbox, although it really applies to everywhere, is that Doom Eternal, the game we all know and love, a while ago they posted that their invasion mode, which was going to be released, uh, they're canning that. Yeah, it's got, it's got quite a bit to um, put, put in. Yeah, they're just having struggling with it. I, from what I understood, it was going to be sort of like a Dark Souls um, type of situation where you would go in and... I don't, actually, I don't know how it would really work. You would, if you're playing the game and then someone else would be trying to leap into the game, if they're sort of like playing it and then they see you playing it and so they would try and go in and mess you up. But yeah, that's, um, that's unfortunately uh, gone now. But they are bringing in a horde mode, uh, which should be interesting. Hopefully uh, they should add that be multiplayer. So multiple slayers, multiple monsters should be good. Hopefully that'll be a good time. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like, unfortunately, it's going to just be single player at this stage. I'm I'm all for it. It'll make the weekly challenges a lot easier, but um, I'm a little sad about Invasion Mode. That would have been a, a fun mode, especially if you're playing with um, like on a stream or something and you have some friends come in and mess you up. But at the same time, I wasn't, you know, dying for it or anything. Yeah, I just think, you know, if it worked like the Dark Souls mode, I just think... Like, it, it would be interesting, but for me personally, I probably wouldn't be into it. You know, like, Doom Eternal is already difficult enough without someone having to go in and try to mess up your game. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that's pretty much just Xbox news. And let's go ahead and talk about um, pretty much just what we've been playing. Okay, um, so from the last episode, I mentioned that the I've been going through the Yakuza series. We talked about Yakuza Zeros, uh, went on quite a bit about, about that. And then what I ended up doing was basically going through the numbered sequels. So Kiwami 1, Kiwami 2, 
number three, four, and the last one I was at from that previous episode was Yakuza Five, and from that I was uh, I only I had only just started. I was in the first section. Now the way Yakuza Five works, as Tori mentioned, is that you actually play as five characters. So Yakuza Four, four characters. Yakuza Five, five characters. So this time I started off with. You know, the main guy, Kazuma Kiru. Uh, and effectively, he has been, he's run away, unfortunately. And he's gone to a place called Fukukawa. What I was doing there, I was just going through, going through the missions in there. Uh, i got to say, um, compared to Yakuza 4, because basically they sort of do the th- same thing where you, obviously you have multiple characters. But the way Yakuza 4 did it was that you had, you had four characters, but you all were sort of around the, in the same city. And it's sort of, effectively, you it would just broke them into blocks and it was it, it was an interesting um interesting way to doing it but i just felt like you sort of um you weren't really put investing too much within the characters like you sort of like every yakuza game you go ahead you level up uh kiro and so it'd take a while for you to get their strength up but in the number four i i guess number five as well um you sort of that's sort of shortened down a bit because you're effectively having to um, spread across four characters, and it was all within the same city. So I didn't wasn't really too much a fan of that. In Yakuza Five, however, every character is effectively in their own city. So um, the next character you play as is the Taijima, uh, Taiga Saijima, which is the sworn brother of uh, Majima, Gori Majima, uh, as everyone knows and love. And so he starts off. He actually starts off in prison again. Uh, so you go around going go through trying to work out what's going on basically you're trying to atone for your sins uh, not for, not for long this time only about a couple of years but then um, it hits the fan and so you have to go ahead you have to go and escape you end up um, getting lost and going into snowy mountains and I believe Tori this is where you sort of um, stopped yeah, off I dropped off with Tiger just hunting like it's a proper mini game of sorts. It's got its own gameplay mechanics and everything. I just didn't find it enjoyable, and it kind of forces you to play. I did the I did the hunt, and then I came back, and the guy's like, oh, "I'm going to teach you about trapping," and I'm like, "Nah, I'm out." Yeah, I, I don't know how long this is going to be. I'm finding <laughs> this a- tedious. I just I'll come back to it. Yeah, I, I will say it, it's not. I think it's only yeah, it's hunting. I think. Uh, just a couple of missions, and then I think you can actually get out of there. So it doesn't actually take too long. Uh, but yeah, it just, it was like you go in, it's like, okay, we're going to be Red Dead Redemption. So we got all these mini games you can do, and we're going to force you to do it. And it's, you didn't really, I didn't think you really had that with the previous games. It's like, okay, you can go ahead, you can do karaoke, you can play pool, you can you do slot cars. You know, it's sort of it's it's an optional thing, but it's fun to do. But it's optional. Whereas with they'll, this game, they'll throw it in place. sometimes, but it'll be over in like a couple of minutes. This is like an entire couple of chapters dedicated to it. At least one chapter dedicated to it. And I don't know, it was just not what you expect from a Yakuza game. Yeah. Once I ended up getting out of the mountain, then you go to a place called Sapporo. Uh, that actually had another section. Uh, wasn't too bad where you actually, you're forced to get, play a game of pool. Um, so you have to actually go ahead and win the game of pool. And it's sort of like, it's, it's, it, like, it's a good game of pool. But if, you, if you're if you not that skilled enough, you have either you win the game of pool or you have to go ahead and try and get up like, you know, like about $4,000. 
sorry, 4,000 yen. And that's sort of a bit annoying that you have to do that. But once you get out of that, do that, you're free to explore the city. And um, uh, and then the next one, next character you do, it's actually a two-parter. So you actually play as two characters within the next section. And so you, um, you play as um, Shun Akiyama. And he is the friendly loan shark that was in Yakuza 4. You get to know this character. He's actually... He's actually quite lovable. He's quite a character. He's he's seems easygoing. Yeah, he's definitely endearing. Yes, he's always very pleasant. And the other character you play as is Haruka, the adopted daughter of Kiri. And she actually play she obviously plays differently. She's not going ahead. She's not um going ahead and punching up everybody. Cause she's currently she's um she's going into a um song contest, Australian Idol situation. So you're going ahead, you're doing these in sort of like, you know, the like the button mashing mini games that you sort of to do that you can level up with that. And you also, the way you level up, you can go around and the way you fight other people is you actually, you, de- you do a dance off with them. Uh, I quite, I did quite like her section. And then the last character, the last official character you play as is a new character, uh, Tatsu Shinada. I'm probably not pronouncing that. He's a former uh, bath baseball star do quite a bit, a bit on with the baseball in Yakuza 5 but he's he's down he's out of his luck because he's um been caught up in a betting scandal and so he's in, in ended up in the city Nagoya and he ends up he has ended up as an adult adult entertainment writer so going around he's writing all the reviews of all all the CD underbelly within the city it's within the Yakuza series Oh, he's very much in Yakuza, but it's just, yeah. Uh, interesting thing with him, because um, it's with Yakuza, they always, it's interesting the way they do, how they represent uh, money and wealth. Like with Yakuza 0, you don't level up by your, your standard points. You actually go ahead and you level up by getting a lot of, mo- lot of money because, it, as you said, it was in the uh, bubble economy within Japan during the 80s. And the way with um, this character, Shinawa, is that he is, he's just, he's basically poor and you're just trying to go ahead like you need to catch a taxi, but you don't have enough money for a taxi. So you need to go ahead and try and struggle to try and fight people to try and earn that money. And it's actually, um, it takes quite a while because he doesn't earn that much. So it's just the way they do it. And then that's the fourth chapter. And then the fifth chapter is when they all sort of get together. They all know who they are. Yeah. Trying to go. So yeah, I, I did Yakuza 5. Uh, I did. As I said, I enjoyed it quite a bit more than Yakuza 4. I felt like um, having the each character within their own city made it a bit made it a bit easier because you're not just going to go, oh, it's stopping now, but then you're still back in the city, but you're another character. You have to level up. At least this time you sort of, oh, okay, here's a new city, new place for you to explore. So yeah, that's uh, Yakuza 5 that I did. Um, I also did uh, Yakuza 6. Six. I actually ended up uh, playing and beating that, and now I'm currently on Yakuza Seven. Like a dragon. I am. I am loving this one. Like I'm not normally a JRPG fan. Like I do have my ones. I do like Dragon Quest. I do like Earthbound. Not a fan of Final Fantasy. Would you even consider Undertale a JRPG? No. Um, well, for starters, it's not Japanese. Oh, well, yeah. Sorry. Yes. And the RPG elements are very light no i didn't i didn't think so uh but you can definitely say that uh like a dragon is very much like a um very much a jrpg so yeah with this one obviously rather than actually for the fighting you 
going ahead, you're leveling up. You playing, you're not playing as um, Kiro. You're playing as Ichiban, who is another character, Yakuza character. Pretty much just goes to exact, pretty much the exact same situation with Kiro is that he ends up going to jail. Oh, this this time, while Kira was in for 10 years, uh, Ichiban was in 20. So it's an extra 10 years on that. Yeah. But then you go out, you go out, and then all of a sudden, uh, everything's changed. Your boss has um, given up on you. You get shot at, and then you're, you're homeless. But then you find some people who help you out. Where I'm at... Yeah, I've just, I think I'm actually up to, um, that's right, I'm sort of the Chinese, that's right, I'm sort of in the fighting with the Chinese mafia at the moment. Yeah. So I've got, got I've got up to their boss and he's taking, so you have to go ahead, investigate investigate this. You know, he feels like um, someone else in these ranks is uh, betraying him. He wants proof. And so that's currently where I'm at now. It's an interesting story with interesting themes and it's all kind of personified by the irony of his name, Ichiban, which is Japanese for like the best or number one. You start at rock bottom, basically, and you have to build your way up and your determination, what the character's determination to do the best that he can and to just have blind faith in people inspires others. It's such a, a strange character who does not belong in this world. <laughs> But yes. he does he does anyway and he really does have an impact on the people around him uh like a really profound impact like even throughout the whole game the yakuza series is definitely a, a series that doesn't take itself too seriously or it'll take itself seriously to the point of comedy and that's the point of it is that it knows it's a video game it knows what it is and it relishes in it and like a dragon definitely um it's the epitome of that the fact that it's a jrpg because the main character grew up playing Dragon Quest. That you, you don't get much... I don't even know if I'd really call that meta so much as just like a thematic thorough through throughout the game because that, that'll keep coming up. There's some awesome moments where like he pulls a bat out of the ground like it's a sword and he's in like the shining knight armor and everything. He's got yeah. an overactive imagination. <laughs> yeah, I've got the... Yeah, I've put on the shining knight armor. Yeah, I, I turned him into a b-boy breakdancing... Oh, yeah, breakdancer. And his outfit and his an idle animations where he's just kind of dancing on the spot and all of his attacks are like Majima's breaker style. It's incredible. The fact that you can change jobs and the jobs are like cook and musician and clerk, but they, they play like the archetypes of like magician or bard and ninja. I love that. And I love the fact that you the way you do it is that you're effectively going to a uh, job seeker program to change your job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's not as if you know, yeah, like in previous like Dragon Quest, you know, you go to a certain thing where you like 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 hire people, rent people, so to help with you. This one, you're actually going ahead and you sort of yeah, you go into a job seeker thing because that's part of the part of the game, um, part of storyline is that you're actually going ahead and trying to look for work. Yeah, you can just go ahead and change your jobs. Uh, I was a bit worried though because I didn't realize because there's one character um, who's effectively there. When I started out, they're a healer type. And the way they work is that they're able to heal everyone. But when they attack, they do a normal attack. Because obviously when you heal someone, it uses magic. But when they attack someone, they earn magic back. Is this Nanba? Yes. Nanba, yeah. yes. He plays the sort of black mage. But yeah, I would, because I changed him. Because when I first heard about this job... I put him as a break dancer and um, I didn't realize at the time, oh, that means he loses his ability to gain magic. But then oh, I don't know what her name is. The, the, the lady in the group, 
Psycho. Yes. Um, she. Um, I put her as a pop idol. Yeah. She can actually go ahead, heal everyone. She can actually earn mana from magic from attacking people normally. Mm. Uh, and I do like that about this because one of the things I, I really get frustrated with with RPGs is that when you go ahead and sort of like um, there's no way of just naturally healing yourself. Like you normally have to stock up on mana potions or health potions. I do understand like if, you, if you're getting like into boss battles, yeah, you need that to heal yourself up. But when you're just out and about, I do like when you can sort of like naturally heal yourself rather than actually using items or going to like a specific point. So yeah, I will be continuing. I will be continuing with that. So that's a, that is my rundown of the Yakuza series. Okay, Tori. Um, now you've been given the the honor of being able to play the newest Halo Infinite beta. Yeah. How's that going for you? All right. So Halo for me has never really been about multiplayer. It's always been about the story and the campaign. So I never got too big into like the competitive side of multiplayer. I'm no expert at the multiplayer. But I did play a lot of land. So it's interesting to kind of see the DNA of all of the past Halo games in this translated so well to keyboard and mouse because I was playing on PC because I got an invite to the PC one. I could try with controller. Anyway, it works really well and it feels like Halo, but it doesn't feel like there's so many systems in place that kind of get bogged down and confusing. Um, Halo 5 kind of felt like that to me and a little bit from halo reach forward oh, okay where they were just trying to do too many things at once when I, I feel like halo 3 kind of nailed for the time how the multiplayer felt with the movement and the weapon sandbox and uh, map design so it feels like halo 3 but with some of the sort of um, modern first person shooter trimmings things like a sprint button Ah, yes. Going back and playing the original Halo games without a sprint button. And then you had Halo Reach that had a sprint button as an equipment. Oh, I was thinking, yeah, was that Halo 4? But no, it was Halo Reach. Yeah, that was annoying. It just felt wrong, especially on PC. Because I think PC shooters definitely had the sprint button for a very long time. Uh, Anyway, that's here by default, thank God. But they've added things like if you hit crouch while sprinting, you slide. Oh, okay. Like Destiny or Titanfall. If you make it to an edge and you didn't quite jump up to the edge, you'll grapple now. Yep. Or mantle, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you'll climb up, basically. It feels a little bit like Doom Eternal in that sense. Yeah. I love it. Oh, it's... No, it looks it looks fantastic. Um, Have you... In that one, did they have the hook shot? I haven't seen it. From what I've seen so far, it's only been the one map and the only playlist is... Four humans versus four bots. Oh, okay. Uh, I believe that they're changing it to PvP maybe on the Sunday. But from what I've played, it's just been that playlist. It's a little disappointing, but at the same time, it's so fun. It's just this small little arena map and it's got consistent weapon drops. What I like is that they're all wall mounted pretty much. Okay. And it's it's not really clear when the weapons respawn, but it's clear what weapon will respawn there. It's like a little holographic uh indicator of the shape of the weapon. It's um it's a lot of fun. It's really intuitive, especially the Halo players. It's not reinventing the wheel, it's really just 
taking the best elements of the other Halo games and putting it together in a way that makes sense. It's it's hard to go into like the intricate detail without losing everybody of things like game feel. I know that's like an ambiguous word that some people love to use. The game feel, it feels similar to Halo 3 to me in many ways. No, that's, that's good because that for me, because my very first Halo game that I owned... Like I, I played the previous ones before, but the one I owned was Halo 3. And that was the one, yeah, you get in, you went in with your Xbox Live. And I played that for hours and hours on it, which is, it was, it was good. It would just, you go in, you just get into a rhythm. Like you go in, you get your soft rifle. If you're shooting someone, then as soon as you get close to them, you melee them to get an instant, instant hit. Yep. That's all there. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, you're still sticking enemies with um, plasmas and uh, spike grenades. There's some new weapons. I can't even remember the name of some of them. I think there's one called like the Heat Wave, which strikes me as a forerunner shotgun. But clicking the Alt Fire button, normally it's like a zoom in. For this one, it changes the spread pattern of the shotgun from like a horizontal line to like something that's slightly more vertical. Oh, okay. I love it. Like you can, oh. you can have it like the horizontal line to hit to, to guarantee that you'll hit them at all. But if you're confident that you, you're in close combat, you can change it to the more vertical one and that, that will kind of guarantee a kill, but it's such a narrow vertical spread that, you know, it's risk and reward. You know, it's a risky play to, cause shotguns always have that slow time between shots. Yeah. The assault rifles back which I love, the battle rifles back, which I love. There's a few new, I think there's a plasma pistol, but I haven't even picked it up. I mean, plasma pistol, come on. <laughs> is, is, the, is, the magnum, is the magnum in there? There's a pistol called the sidekick. Okay. It doesn't feel like the Halo 1 magnum, but it feels a lot better than the, I think it's the Halo 2 pistol, which felt like a water pistol. <laughs> it's a lot better than that. What I like to do is... um. Assault rifle most of their shield and then pull the pistol out when you're out of ammo and just kind of aim for the head. Aim for the best one or two shots. That's good. That's a good strategy, you know, rather than actually because I would have just, yeah, done the assault rifle, then the shields, and then get up and close and try and melee them. But no, pistol's probably a better option. I do like I do like the battle rifle um when it's done well, like in, in Halo 2. Yeah. I know that was a big controversial thing. People didn't like that. I actually did like it. You know, you had your three you sort of your burst shot if you get it in right get them at the at the head you know you could do a, some strategic damage with them you start by aiming at the chest and the recoil will land one or two shots at the head um that's your your best bet there's a new shotgun called the bulldog oh like oh and comboing that with the battle rifle so you're, you're covered for close range and you're covered for um, a distant combat as well. So the Bulldog is kind of like a... It, I thought it was a grenade launcher the first time I picked it up. It's got that shape to it where it's got that sort of large barrel in the middle that rotates with all the uh, shells in it. Okay. But apparently it's a magazine of uh, shotgun shells. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's just kind of like an automatic shotgun. It's got a slightly faster fire rate than like the standard Halo shotgun, I felt, but I don't quote me on that it d that's just what it feels like because there's no in between um you know cock the shotgun animation but yeah comboing that with the battle rifle is really good um there's a couple of power weapons the sniper rifles back there was this one weapon i think it's a brute weapon just by the design it 
has this gigantic spike on the front that it shoots out. Yep. I mean, like a gigantic spike. Ugh. It's basically a single shot kill. Oh. Don't know if I like it yet. Yeah. I don't know if it's kind of like, like sometimes they have like a sort of analog to another, like a human or covenant weapon, you know, like the carbine is like the covenant counterpart to the battle rifle. Which this time around, there's a, it's a plasma carbine. Ah. So it's also got the three shots, but instead of like those green sort of fuel rod looking things, it's like three plasma bolts and they have slight homing capabilities. It's, it's a really interesting sandbox just from what uh, that little snapshot that I've seen. I mean, it really is just the one map, the one game mode and a handful of weapons, but it feels so familiar. Really looking forward to playing more of this when it's completely out. So how did you find the performance of it? You didn't notice any bugs or? A couple of bugs, mostly audio bugs. I mean, I, the main reason I didn't go into them is because it is very much a pre-release beta. Oh, no, of course. Of course, yes. I mean, you know, we can't, I mean, you have to t- take this, you know, this is um, pre- pre-release. Um, but I just, you'd be interested to see what it is. Performance is perfect. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, after we, after we record, how about I, I show you a bit of gameplay? That'd be good because unfortunately, yeah, I um I did find out I I am in, enrolled in the Halo Insider program, but I didn't get an invitation. Have you checked the website? Has is it working yet? Yep, the website is working. It is working now, and I've checked. And yeah, I've, you as you mentioned before previously, yeah, I um if you've done like the 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 flight programs because I got Halo on Steam, they were rolling those out between games, and you always had like a flight program with each new game. So like a beta, yeah, I did those. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm enrolled, but yeah, no um, unfortunately, no um, beta for me. That's a shame. There'll be more in the future. Yeah, uh, the Halo Waypoint website where you go in and trying to actually um log in to um get access to the beta, that was down. It was down for everyone. It was um yeah. This is why they do the flights now rather than day one having everything go under i i'd prefer them to to iron out the kinks now but i know it doesn't look good but trust me not many developers go into this thorough with their testing about actually that 343 i mean just for something as simple as a pc port of decade old games mm-hmm. they're doing like beta tests for it and so if you get into this beta test please give your feedback to them like report bugs if there's anything that you feel like there's a missing feature if there's any accessibility features because there's a ton just already in the settings for um like color blindness and other sort of sensory things and if you feel like there's anything missing please tell them they do listen um halo's always been such a big community sort of game I mean, and that shows with like the whole forge feature in their games that sometimes when a game mode becomes so popular, like the zombies mode, I used to play that in Halo 2 with my friends on LAN. Do you know the zombie game mode? Uh, I'm not too, not familiar with that one, sorry. So basically you have one person play as a zombie and everyone else is human. That zombie player, every time that they kill a human, should be worth mentioning, uh, they can only use a sword. Oh, okay. When... 
they kill a human, the human has to change teams to the zombies team. And then, you know, the last person alive, the last human alive is the winner. Ah, that's interesting. That was a community game type. This is before Forge. We played this in Halo 2. There were some settings that you could change and you could just play it with friends. You just had to manually change teams when you were killed. So it was a little bit on the honor system. But when you're with friends, like there's that sort of good faith about it. But they turned that into... Like someone made it in a Forge mode in Halo 3 and then it turned into a, an official game mode in later game releases. Just as an example that they do listen to the fans and take notice of their uh, community. No, it's good. It's good the way they do it. Um, I never actually did any LAN parties with Halo. Oh, we have to fix that. <laughs> I mean, did you, do it, did you do it with the Xbox? Yeah, with the original Xbox and with the 360. Oh, Oh my god! Yeah, I never, I never did any land parties with with that. Like I, um, because the thing is, like with me, like I had, I knew someone growing up who had an Xbox, and that's how we played Halo, and we did a split screen. But I never actually went ahead and actually did, um, yeah, did did land party because I've actually got an original Xbox. Don't know if I've got the original game though. I have to find that. I probably got a couple copies. <laughs> I'm like when I say I'm a big Halo fan. Oh, I got all the games. I got most of the novels. I'll say most of because there's a lot now. I adored Halo growing up. Um, Halo 5 was a huge disappointment for me, unfortunately. Uh, the multiplayer was fine, but I didn't play them for multiplayer, really. It was all about the story, and I felt like they watched it. So I'm nervous going to Infinite, but they got Joseph Staten back, who uh, wrote the story for uh, Halo 2, which it, which I love because the Arbiter's my favorite Halo character. But yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So um, Halo Infinite Beta, uh, if you can get onto the beta, yeah, give it a go. If I do end up getting onto it, yeah, I'll be doing it on Xbox. I should probably do it on PC just to see how it'll run, but definitely the main one would be Xbox. Although now I can actually do keyboard and mouse on Xbox as well. So that should be interesting. <laughs> That's cheating. Okay, so the next game we'll talk about, Scarlet Nexus. This was, uh, I think this was released about uh, the end of June. Where I've gone ahead, and Tori, I believe you've done this as well, we've played the demo version of this game. So this was this has been released by and developed by Bandai Namco. So sort of a Japanese action sort of game. You go ahead and you're slashing people. You can select between Japanese and uh, English voices. I, di- I did English. I did Japanese. I'm a weeb. Uh, well, I, I, I actually, I was worried when I was getting, because I was worried I was going to actually do that with Yakuza, but because the first game didn't allow you to do it, and the only ones that does is Seven, by that stage, it's like, no, nah, I can I can only do the Japanese. Kira would just sound too weird in um, English. He does. Yeah. And, and this is not just including that PS2, the PS2 <laughs> version. Yeah. Because I think like the, the, the Like a Dragon one is quite better. Oh, it's, it's a lot better, but... It's to consistency, but anyway, Scarlet Nexus. Scarlet Nexus. So this is, um, so the basic story is that in the far distant future, a hormone was discovered in the human brain, granting people extrasensory powers and changing the world as we knew it. Just as humanity was entering this new era, deranged mutants known as others began to descend from the skies with a thirst for human brains. You sort of got aliens to come in and everyone communicates with their brains. So you don't have Skype, you don't have Discord, you actually just do it through your brain in the future. So you with this game, you start off, uh, you can play as two characters. You can start as Yurito Sugimaragi, and then you also got another one as Kazuge Randall. 
uh they they pretty much sort of play it as the sort of the same way except they've got they got different ability like different abilities which will get into and they also have a different main attack so uh randall has a knife attack which seems to be like an area effect attack and then you sugi margri has a sword so the way this game works is that you go ahead you slashing you're slashing enemies but the main thing is that you unleash a more powerful psychokinetic and attack by attacking enemy um, using X, the X and Y buttons and then using the right trigger to launch objects towards an enemy. So you go ahead, you see an enemy, you're whacking them in and all of a sudden, basically while they're focused on you, you're holding the right trigger and it's get like I say a bus or a um, slab of concrete or anything like that, anything throughout the map, which um, it, it'll, it'll identify which ones you can actually pick up and throw at the actual enemy. And so you go ahead, you throw it and then it sort of hits them and that uses up your psychokinetic um, energy. So, and the way you refill that is you go ahead and you just attack, like do your standard attack and then you use your psychokinetic ability. And you can use your psychokinetic ability by itself, but it's more effective when you actually are attacking them like in combination with your standard attacks. And then once you run out of that energy, you just keep doing normal attacks and you build up your meter. But then you've also got your left trigger, which does like a sort of a souped up one you get a bigger bus which you can only lift up um, when you have the right amount of um psychokinetic ability when you actually go ahead and push out the enemy you actually have to do like a little quick time event so there'll be something is like okay you get a bus it throws at it but what you got to do you got to split up the bus by getting the left and right thumbsticks and push him over the other way to sort of split up the bus and then you sort of push it in together and then it smacks them into the enemy so that's a more powerful attack you sort of got to make sure that you actually um right amount of energy to do that and it's not as if you can get any item that you can do um like a standard psycho attack or a big psycho attack it's only certain objects that do one or another then when you attack the enemy once you actually go ahead and get them to a low amount of health you can actually do a sort of like a finishing move like a glory kill use your left trigger to do that and this sort of does this animation and sort of go you know, finish off the enemy. I don't believe, I th I don't believe if you need to actually do that because I was just constantly doing that. Don't know if it just takes a while for it when it actually gets lower, if you can just do standard attacks and they, they stay dead or you actually have to actually finish them off. I can't remember. <laughs> it's been a while since I've uh, played. I just remember quite liking it and hopefully I will pick up the full game eventually. Yeah. Also, when you attack the enemy, because the way it works is that you've actually, you're not just by yourself. You actually got two other people as well. We actually, you're in a team of five. You effectively, you choose two people who are with you all the time. And then you've also got two other people who are in the sort of back end. So you're like your standard RPG sort of scenario. With those, every sort of every sort of person has their own sort of abilities. Uh, you got what's called an SAS ability, which is a brain-to-brain -brain connection. That allows you to temporarily use allies' powers. When you're attacking an enemy, you hold the right bumper and then you press one of the face buttons and then it'll initiate their own attack. So we were playing first off as Randall. Randall with the with her her partners, um, they've got four sort of abilities. There's invisibility, electrokinesis, hypervelocity, and duplication. And the way this works is that certain enemies, you can only really take them down with certain abilities. So say like invisibility, you get a, if they see you, they just quickly hide. So you need to make yourself invisible. That way then they don't know where you are and you attack them. Uh, electrokinesis is sort of your standard electricity. Duplication, that's what that's an interesting one where effectively you actually use that to sort of duplicate the amount of objects that you're actually throwing at the enemy. So you're going in and then 
Yeah, yeah, especially like, like bigger attacks. And you need those when you're doing sort of the mid-box characters when they sort of like got an armored shell. Um, so it's quite tough to take, take them down. But if you use that, you can actually like wear them down. And so with the other character, they got their own sort of partners and they've got uh, teleportation, pyrokinesis, clairvoyance, and scrolokinesis, which is an interesting one. So yeah, those are sort of the abilities that you do. So it's sort of a standard affair action game. You can go ahead, you can level up your characters. Uh, I like this because you don't actually, you're not actually, everyone levels up sort of the same way, but the way you assign points, you're only really assigning your points to yourself. It's not, you're actually constantly trying to look into other characters, you know, what are their abilities, you know, how do I pull this out? Because you're, you're not having all the characters on all the time. You can, it's just sort of, you focus on your, somewhat on yourself. So I do like that. Yeah. Visually, it's quite, quite pleasing. Um, getting, obviously getting a lot of Fire Emblem vibes to it. <laughs> oh, in terms of like the graphic design? Yeah, the visual design, how the character looks. Yeah, it's. I mean, the the world design is um, very much... I, I hate using cyberpunk as a blanket term, but that is what it is. But it's that specific harsh cyberpunk where it's red as the primary colour. Yeah. Games like The Ascent, I think it's called, Ruiner, have that same vibe where it's that sort of harsh authoritarian vibe to it. It's not the colourful neon cyberpunk. When you're playing as um, the Randall, uh, yeah, it is sort of like that rundown uh, sort of construction area. Mm. Yeah, you did that. If you play, actually, if, you, if you're playing as um, Sugi Ragi, uh, it's sort of like more open-ended in the daytime, greener experience. Like you're sort of like, you know, it's like a plants took over a, a city. So that was quite nice. It's like sort of a quick different, um, sort of a different feel to each character. And for one, I understand it's sort of like they sort of branch off into their own game. So it's sort of like you can play as one character, have one story, then play another character as another story. So yeah, I, I actually did have fun with it. The demo was fairly short. You actually played the first level for each character. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick this up um, in some time. Final thoughts? Um, this big... By the sheer amount of games that I have to play, unfortunately, it's not high on my priority list to pick up and play. But from what the the demo has sold me on it, I just need to play some other stuff to kind of clear my schedule. <laughs> All right, and that is um, Scarlet Nexus. Okay, let's discuss what we're going to play next. So for me, I believe Flight Simulator is out. Much of a simulator um fan but i will test it out see how it how it how it runs um see if i can actually get into the actual genre should be interesting and then i might also try and test out the um because the ascent is now on game pass so looking forward to that seeing how that um performs uh how about you tori i mean your yakuza talk has kind of got me thinking i really should finish yakuza 5 yeah um, it's just been sitting unfinished for so long, so I should just, yeah, get that done. Also, I've got the Ascent downloaded and ready to go. It looks fascinating. I love that art style, so... Yep. Is that multiplayer? I don't know. Oh, that'd be interesting if it is. Yeah, to... it's online co-op. We, we could play that together. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, we'll definitely have to, we will definitely have to do that. All right. Fantastic. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening in to us. Uh, thank you, for Tori, for um, coming in. Of course. And we will catch up with you with the next episode.
Thanks for listening to this episode of The Power of X. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Make sure to check out our other shows, Enfocus and PlayState. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the Live Game Podular community. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at Game Podular for updates, news, and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a Game Podular Patreon. The details for both are on our website. Thanks. This episode was edited by me, and you can follow me at the Scotty Jayman. That's T H E S C O T Y J A Y M A N. And you can also follow Tori at S T W T W O. Thanks for listening. <laughs>